Welcome to another episode of Finesse Media Podcast, Season 2, with your host, Ken Finesse Media, and co-host, Treat a Millionaire. As the hosts gather their show notes and sage the studio for their next guest, sit back, sit back, turn up your volume, and get ready for something brand new. Media Podcast Season 2. It's your boy, Ken Finesse Media, and I got my co-host, Teresa Millionaire, in the studio with me. Treats, what's good? What's up? What's up? What's up? You know, I got to hit you with the Martin. You already know who it is. It's your girl, Teresa Millionaire. What's up, y'all? What's up? What's up? What's up, Treats, man? What a good time. What a good episode we're about to have. Uh, again, mm-hmm. if you're just joining Finesse Media, if you're just clicking on this episode just because of the guests that we have coming up, that's totally fine. But make sure you click the subscribe and follow button uh, if you're following us or listening to us on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or Stitcher. And we're also broadcasting live from Blog Talk Radio. So check us out. Follow us on all things uh, that we're streamed on. And also check us out on all of our social media platforms at Finesse Media on Instagram and underscore at Finesse Media if you're on Twitter. We're also on TikTok. TikTok, everybody's on that damn thing, getting it cracking in this quarantine. So follow us at Finesse Media on TikTok. And our Facebook page is Finesse Media LLC. So I cannot uh, stress enough how following us is important. We thank you so much for the love. Each and every episode on Finesse Media Podcast, we talk to people that's finessing the motherfucking game. And this episode is uh, no other uh, stranger than episodes before Treese, we got a Vanessa that's coming on. She's been mm-hmm. finessing the game for so many years. <laughs> you know I'm ready. You know I'm ready. Ooh. When you first I'm told not. me you were reaching out to her, I was like, bro, she is one of my favorites. So I'm excited. Right. Oh. I've been holding back my my kid excitement. Since yesterday, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm ready. Up. I'm ready, spaghetti, as my <laughs> the two year old would say. I'm ready, spaghetti. I'm ready. Mm. She's gonna be joining this podcast in a second, y'all. Comedian, actress, Lou Nail, the legendary uh, Lou Nail. So I cannot wait uh, for y'all to check her out and listen Can to I? our interview. And also, we got a co host coming up uh, that's gonna be Ooh. guest co hosting. We'll drop it in a second. Uh, but again, just want to make sure that you know uh, that Finesse Media, we look for sponsorships. So if you're wanting to be a sponsor uh, of Finesse Media and sponsor the episode or sponsor our season, uh, you still can. Finesse Media Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, hit us up. Let us know and uh, that you want to be a sponsor. And what we'll do is send you back the sponsorship package uh, so that you can fill out and hit us back with that. So we love to uh, partner with you, your business. And let's do it and uh, finesse the game. And also, each and every week on Finesse Media Podcast, we talk about HBCU, HBCUs, uh, historically black colleges and universities. So, uh, 
If you attended an HBCU, hit us up, Finesse Media Podcast at gmail.com. That's the same site. That's the same email address. We want to know that you attended that university and you want us to spotlight the university. And we want you to come on to talk about your experience because HBCUs are so important. Myself and co-host, Teresa Millionaire, are both alumni of the University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff, the flagship of the Delta. <laughs> so hit us up. If you want your HBCU to be spotlighted on Finesse Media Podcast, Finesse Media Podcast at gmail.com. But uh, we got a good we got a good HBCU this week. Uh, I know from uh, is it North Carolina, or South Carolina, Trace? Uh, we have Barber Scotia College, and it's from oh, Concord, yeah. North Carolina. Oh yeah, can't wait to talk. I've to never Barbara. been there, but uh. You know, any any school who has colors of royal blue, you know, I'm fooling with it. Hey, hey shout Off out top. to the singing Gamboros. You shout know, out. man, shout, shout out to, to the uh, Oso Fly chapter Alpha Chi at the University of Arkansas Pine Bluff. What's up, ladies? Doing yeah, thing. So, what's been going on in your world? We got all that push, got all that promotion stuff. <laughs> What's been going oh, on with you, uh, Trees? We are still in quarantine. We are still in quarantine. My God, my God. Um, so yesterday, I'm going to tell you how stir-crazy I'm going. Um, I'm literally someone who has to get out. And it's not even so much. I don't have to just really socialize, but I like to get out. I'll go to the bar by myself and have a mm-hmm. beverage by myself, you know. Go to a movie. I don't mind going by myself. But not being able to go to these places, oh, mm-hmm. my God, it, it's been hard for me. So yesterday I decided to mix cement. Y'all heard me right. Y'all <laughs> well, heard you me mix, right. You mixing cement? <laughs> I see how y'all looking. <laughs> no, you yes, see how we... So wait, so... I mixed... I have bags of cement in my basement. I have a, a old house that was built, I believe, in the 1800s, I think it was. My house is old. I need to try to get it marked as a historic something and get some free money <laughs> but um i have some bags of cement and i have what's called a stone stone walls and foundation where they use stones and so mm-hmm. after weathering and just wear and tear sometimes you'll start getting little gaps and you can see through in the stone mm-hmm, gotcha. and so you have to uh put mixed cement and fill it with cement you know close your gaps so i decided yesterday to mix cement and fill gaps Mm. Yeah, that was my day. Keeping I, yourself I busy. Was, was this, I was you, literally done this before. You done my this daddy before? showed me how. <laughs> my daddy showed me how. Yeah. So usually you mix it and you use a spatula and you can spread it or whatever. But um, I found I guess you would call it the hood way. But the way that works best for me because I like to really get in between those cracks. And I don't know if there's something you could use to like how like you would bake a cake and you put the frosting in and you squeeze it out of that little mm, tube thing. Mm, mm, I don't right. know if they have something like that for cement or not. Um, Cause I, I'm not, you know, I'm not a contractor or no, nothing like that, but I just got some good rubber gloves and I literally was picking up the cement and filling it in and smoothing it out. And it looks great. Mm. <laughs> That's um, what I did yesterday. Send me pictures. <laughs> I, laid, pictures. I laid cement. I went around the uh, the house on the outside of the house and anywhere where I seen little gaps or spaces, I filled it up with cement. Yeah. yeah well, I guess yeah, that's day. how you got to stay busy. 
This what is this day? Co- what eight nine? I don't know. It's like a one thousand. This shit feels it's like, like 1, two 000. weeks. It's been two and weeks. Every day feels like the same day. It's terrible. Like every day fucking feels like a Saturday or a Tuesday. Well, I would say it's like a horrible. Tuesday. I'm going crazy, and I've burned through. So I will give everyone my Netflix list. I don't know if you guys are interested in that, but I've burned through several shows, so I'll give you guys that. Um, it's a movie called Letter to the King. Well, that's a show. It's a, a show on Netflix. It's a Netflix show. It is a, like a period piece or whatever. It's really good. Um, Madam C.J. Walker. I watched that. It's good. I know. Madam C.J. Walker self-made was uh, good. I I, I enjoyed it. It was very good. Now, I will say there are a lot of people that are dragging it because it is not um, very historically correct. Right. You know, it is what it is. But, um, I mean, come on, y'all. We got, I keep telling people we can be so critical on our black films and documentaries that we get now. And I'm just like, shut the hell up. And that's for whoever. Because growing up, I didn't have all that stuff to watch on TV. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't it's, too many black people on the big screen. What do we have? We had Denzel. We had Cicely. We had Howie. Mm-hmm. We had Vivica. Um, I know Harry Belafonte. I mean, that's some old Yeah, food. yeah. Uh, but we, we, we definitely went on the scene uh, like that, which is what I talked uh, about um I don't know if I should give this away, but with my cousin, who's an actor who joined the podcast, but that is, you know, one of the things I, I noticed where we are, you know, becoming more present, obviously, and the diversity uh, certainly there. So I, I love the step and the direction uh, that we're going in, really, because, you know, right. shit was hard back then. Shit was hard as hell. Uh, but listen, we're going to turn it up because I teased it a little bit. Uh, at the top of the episode, we said we got a guest co-host. Uh, again, we have our featured guest that's going to be joining us uh, later in the episode. But we got a guest co-host, man. I am so excited uh, that my girl, uh, I reached out real quick and said, yo, can you do this? Because the person that we got on, Lunel, uh, is someone that you know and that not for nothing is in your same career, your same lane uh, of what you're doing. And that's really finessing the motherfucking game. So this is a double show for people. If you never joined Finesse Media, we, myself and Trees, we, we rock this thing out with finesses each and every week. But to have uh, a guest co-host that's finessing the game uh, and then also have a feature on uh, Finesse, shit, Trees. They get their money's worth. So if you're on Spotify, Apple, and wherever you're yes, paying for yes. this, uh, you know, service, streaming service, hopefully, yeah, uh, you 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 continue to pay, uh, because this episode is good. But I'm teasing it. I'm holding it out too long. She is my girl from Chicago, Illinois. She's an actor, actress, Vanessa, entrepreneur, comedian. Uh, I love her so much. I've known her for years. Uh, she's a friend to the show, and she's no stranger to finesse media. Make some noise for my sister, man. Rashida, Rashida, Buffet Lucas band joining us on this episode. Hey, hey. <laughs> What's going on, guys? We'll bring the applause down. Mr. Finesse and Treese, how y'all doing? We are ah, good. Doing wonderful. Doing Thanks wonderful. Doing I really good. appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, I'm thank you for even fun. coming on. Yeah, we about to have some fun. We about to have some fun. So thank you for joining this uh, podcast uh, and this episode with us as we uh, set to uh, interview our special guest, Lunel. And 
So, Bob, what's been going on? Uh, you in Chicago, uh, but but you're joining us today in the studio, and I, I thank you so much again for that. But you're doing, again, I said actress, comedian, entrepreneur, and, and what we say, a, a finesse. So what's going on in Chicago? You're holding it down. Dalila, what's good? I know you listening, sis. Uh, y'all hold it down with y'all own podcast uh, in Chicago, right? Yeah, definitely. We have uh, my sister Dalila and myself. We have the Yo Favorite Lucas Twins podcast. Um, I know there are some Lucas Twins are very famous, but they changed their name recently recently to the Lucas Brothers. They're really? actors and comedians as well. Yeah, so we was like, can't call ourselves the Lucas Twins. I said, you know what? We'll be your favorite Lucas Twins. We're everybody's favorite twins. <laughs> so we do that podcast. We do it live. We put it on um, YouTube. I mean, there's no better person to do business with than my best friend and my roommate. So uh, we do that. You know, um, I'm a serial entrepreneur. Um, you know, just slowly got back into I put comedy to the side for a couple of years to build a business of receiving uh, residual income. I've uh, got a couple of multiple streams of that. So I'm slowly, I just started getting back on stage not too long ago. So I'm getting back in the comedy game. Miss it, love it, especially when you see so many of our own people from Chicago doing their thing like Lil mm-hmm. Real, Dion Cole, uh, mm-hmm. just niches on the rise. But when you call me and say Lunel, I'm like, she is like the auntie of comedy. You know what I mean? Yeah. I met her years ago. So uh, I love her. Love her to death. Love her off stage and on stage. That's what's up, man. And you're right. Uh, Chicago folks are holding it down. Those people you named. We had Damon Williams, who's a friend to the show. Uh, he's a finesse. Yes. Love uh, We had him on. Oh, yeah, you know what? I on that episode, he said, "Shout out to my uh, Capricorn sister." Uh, so we definitely gave you love a couple of episodes ago when we, we oh. talked with Damon Williams. Yeah, he was like, "Yeah, I know Dalila." Oh, he's not Dalila, and he's like, "I know Buff. That's uh, my Capricorn sister." So yeah, that's what's buddy. up, man. Yep. The the love in Chicago is is so real. Um, it, it's felt. So thanks so much for joining uh, this uh, episode. And then what we always do, as we as we as mentioned to you, Buff, we talk about HBCUs. Uh, you know, I know you're a, a big uh, supporter of that. You got your girls, and, and they're doing their thing. And we talk about HBCUs because African Americans, uh, you know, we want to make sure that we continue to go uh, to college, but also make a change uh, in our community when we do graduate. So, uh, with that being said, it's now time for our HBCU of the week. Each and every week on Finesse Media Podcast, again, we shout and spotlight out HBCUs. If you want your HBCU to be spotlighted, hit us up. You can tweet us, hit us up on Instagram, or email us at finessemediapodcast at gmail.com. My co-host, Trace, you're ready for the HBCU news or the HBCU of the week. Here we go. Historically black colleges and universities commonly called HBCUs are defined by the Higher Education Act of 1965 as any historically black college or university that was established prior to 1964 whose principle was and is the education of black Americans and that is accredited by a nationally recognized accrediting agency or association determined by the Secretary of Education. It's now time for the Finesse Media Podcast, HBCU of the Week. 
All right. Our HBCU of the week is Barber Scotia College. It is an accredited historically black college in Concord, North Carolina. It is affiliated with the Presbyterian Church. Barber Scotia College began as a female seminary in 1867. Scotia Seminary was founded Excuse me, by Reverend Luke Dorland and chartered in 1870. This was a project by the Presbyterian Church to prepare young African-American Southern women, the daughters of former slaves, for careers and social workers and teachers. It was a coordinated women's school of the university, now Johnson C. Smith University. It was the first historically black female institution of higher education established after the American Civil War. The Charlotte Observer in an interview with Janet McDaldy, president of Piedmont Preservation Foundation, stated, Scotia Seminary was one of the first black institutions built after the Civil War. For the first time, it gave black women an alternative to becoming domestic servants or field hands. Scotia Seminary was modeled after Mount Holyoke Female Seminary, now Mount Holyoke College, and was referred to as the Mount Holyoke of the South. The seminary offered grammar, science, and domestic arts. In 1908, it had 19 teachers and 291 students. From its founding in 1867 to 1908, it had enrolled 2,900 students with 604 having graduated from the grammar department and 109 from the normal department. Faith Hall, built in 1891, was the first dormitory of Scotia Seminary. It is listed in the National Register of Historic Places and is one of the only four 19th century institutional buildings left in Carabas County. Ladies and gentlemen, our HBCU of the Week, Barber Scotia College. That's what's up. Round of applause. Treese does a good hey, job hey. each of you. <laughs> Treese, I don't know how you do it. I tried that thing before, and I'm like, I got to stop. Uh, so <laughs> shout out uh, <laughs> to our HBCU of the week. Uh, each I practiced week, like it I a say. couple times before I go, but I still get caught up sometimes. Man, sometimes it'll man. be a word. I'll be like, let me keep saying this word because I am pronouncing it wrong. You know, depending on or pronouncing whoever, however you want to say it. Depending mm-hmm. on where you are uh, in the United States or around the world, you know, you say certain things differently. So exactly. I try to do my best to say it properly, I guess, or use the King's English, shall we say, and not yeah, put too when... much of my Midwest twang on that thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. But the good thing is you, you're in good company. We all from the Midwest. Buff yes, Bay, yes. man, jo- joining us as our special uh, guest co-host. On this episode, again, thanks so much, sis, uh, for joining. But again, I also forgot to uh, mention uh, at the top of the episode to those that's new to Finesse Media, uh, we talk about HBCUs, but we also uh, give what the fuck news. So for our uh, dedicated and loyal listeners, uh, we haven't done that in quite some time. So, Trace, it's been some crazy stuff going on. And for those that, again, is new, oh, we shit. in What the Fuck News talk about news that make you go, what the fuck? So, What the Fuck News is coming right up. Here we go. You turn on the news and hear about the same old boring stories, shootings, and high-speed police chasing. Not here. We cover the real news. News that make you say, what the fuck? 
So get ready for What the Fuck News. <laughs> I haven't heard it that got in so you, long. didn't you? What the <laughs> fuck news? Uh-huh. Well, oh, man. It tickles you. It's crazy. Uh, and we haven't done it in a while, so what the fuck news? So in this whole quarantine, hopefully everybody's out there being safe and washing their hands and the whole bit. And I know it's a struggle yes. for people that not able to. Uh, you said what? <laughs> it's a struggle for people who are nasty. That's what yeah, I said. That part. They didn't this... wash their hands before. This is a whole new learning experience for you nasty bastards. A nasty thing. <laughs> But if you're also for the unfortunate side, even uh, much so for people who can't work. Anyway, let's get into it. This person is definitely winning uh, with money and literally winning. So the headline goes, Missouri. Shout out to Missouri. Uh, Teresa, I don't know if you know this woman, but a Missouri uh-huh. woman collects $3 million after uh, winning a lottery 18 years ago. So in Missouri, a woman collected $50,000 or a $50,000 lottery uh, jackpot in 2002 returned to the lottery headquarters 18 years later to claim a $3 million jackpot. Lady name is Anna Consale. She told Missouri lottery officials she brought her lottery ticket for the March 11 drawing at Schnucks Market in St. Louis. You heard of Schnucks? Yep, Schnucks. They all over St. Louis. See, we need the motherfuckers. Man, they have a good salad bar and hot bar. They got (laughs) a a whole new meaning. She put a whole new meaning to meaning to WTF. What the face? I need the prayer. She praying. Because <laughs> she won lottery twice. Yeah. yeah. Was it a Ruth like prayer? Okay. I mean, yeah. Back in 2002, she was won. Was it a Sarah 50- prayer? kind of prayer was Listen, it? I'm going to tell you her numbers in a minute. What she played. <laughs> we probably want to write those down. But yeah, it happened in Shucks, of- uh Market in uh, St. Louis. Her ticket matched all six numbers uh, drawn. Damn. Y'all want to write this down? We probably want to play it tonight. Um, 11, 11 16, 16, 23, 23, 26, 26, 31, 31, 38, 38, 42, 42, 42, 42, 42, 42, 42, 42, 42, She's doing a lot right. God favored her twice in the lotto. What am I doing wrong? That's what I want to know. She's forgiving the guys who ghosted her. That's what it is. I ain't forgave all of them yet. I don't even know, but that's shit. (laughs) She hit two lottos. I'm going to give you 50000 right here. You know what? I'm going to come back and bow, bow, hit you with $3 million. You say, what? That's you know what real. it was? Yeah. <laughs> Clearly, God was like, let me see what you do with this little bit. And if you do good about 18 Watch years, I'm going give you a lot of it. That's, oh, that's what you call being a good steward of your finances. God won't trust you with a lot until you faithful with a little. Ah, mm-hmm. Somebody say, Yeah. So, I wish we had an organ in here. Dunna. I was going to start it up. And but I listen, wanna so, let you know uh, they, they were God. able to speak with they were able to speak with her, uh with Anna or Ann Cassell. Um she said that uh, she played all games. She said she bought the uh same tickets as she always buy and it happened and she just happened to be the lucky one. Cassell previously well, visited Missouri Lottery headquarters in two thousand and two where she won fifty thousand dollars jackpot I already said that, but that's super luck 
and I think it's so crazy because the first uh, episode, you want to go back and listen to our episodes. We probably are at 1,000 episodes at this point. But nonetheless, our top of a uh, uh, season, we talked about somebody winning a lot of retreats, and I think she won like three mm. times. That chick had won like three times. Uh, I just so, can the Lord be faithful but, and drop a one time for me. But basically what it sounds like, if she plays all kind of games, all she did was win back all the shit she spent over the last 18 years. Yeah, <laughs> <right>. Plot twist. <laughs> Plot twist. Plot twist. She probably yeah, did. She wanted it all he, back plus a little something. She, just, she ain't win. She just broke even. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> If you spend no. three millions in lotto tickets and casino, oh, speaking of the casino, you know the casinos <laughs> is closed. That's where I used to take my grandma. My grandma's so sad. I, I, I she can't. The food. She Everybody no. Grandma missed the one armed man. Grandma don't even be eating the foods. I be <laughs> eating her food credit. She missed that one armed man. Y'all know what the one armed man is? Mm-mm. The slot. The slot. Oh, right. <laughs> the one arm man. He pulled the shit out that one arm. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking it's an old school motherfucker that's just sitting in that bitch as an own, own, you know, one star. Uh, you I mean, thought it was a real man. person. Nah, that's yeah, I thought it was a real person. Machine. The one arm man. Know, but, you know, if it was two arms on there, uh, uh, it looks like two arms, but the one arm man, uh, uh, just one arm. Pull that up. Yo, you could Granny definitely got take biceps care. One arm. Like, uh. One arm. You could definitely take care, uh, you know, the bank if you go to the uh, casino often, and that's what we, she's probably doing though, breaking even. Um, mm-hmm. And woo, I haven't won. Y'all gotta excuse Hercules. I know y'all yeah. heard him. Yeah, Hercules <laughs> in the studio again. If you're just joining in this episode, we have a dog in the studio. His name is Hercules. He's like the mighty he giant. Honored. Yeah. Turn up, Hercules. <laughs> he. So Her- everybody thinks he's so big because his name is Hercules. But I'm gonna let y'all know he's two and a half pounds soaking wet. He's a teacup Yorkie. He's so mm-hmm. little I have bells on his collar so I can hear him and know where he's at mm. in the house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he, you can't tell him. People uh, see him and see my pit and they terrified of her. And I'm like, little do you know, this little one will bite the shit out of you. Yeah. <laughs> he, will, he will bite the shit out of you. The big one. She gonna go sit by the tree and sit there breaking the couch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the treats, like what you mm-hmm. got for me while you're taking stuff. Okay, mm-hmm. she wants the goods. He mm-hmm. he he'll be the one. Get him, get him, Hercules. He'll tear your damn ankles up. <laughs> those dogs, those small dogs. Uh, in a second, we'll be talking with our special guest of the episode, Lunell, comedian, actress Lunell. Uh, she got a crazy dog she showed on her um, park or her YouTube channel, Doce. Uh, a little small dog. I'll ask her if I remember the name of the dog. But uh, that dog, I'm sure, is tough, too. Those small dogs uh, are always tough and uh, barking and keeping up all the fuss. I always talk about my dog uh, sometimes, Kodak. Shout out to Kodak. He got his own Instagram page, I should say, too. Give him some pubs. Follow my dog, oh my uh, Kodak <laughs> underscore the standard poodle. <laughs> he got his own damn well, Instagram <laughs> Everybody's talking about dogs. I have three children and a grandchild. I just couldn't get into animals having kids. I don't know. No. I'm like, I just uh-uh. couldn't see myself paying for doctor's appointments for an animal when I already had to do that shit for kids. I don't know. Mm-hmm. No, I have Let a dog. Let me tell and I, you, I, and it's 
it's expensive. Don't mess around and have to go to an emergency vet visit. Oh, no. I'm, baby, before they even look at your dog or your pet, whatever it is, know that you have a $500 charge before they yeah. even oh, no. look yep, at that. That's money. for sure. No, that's for sure. Okay. somebody who can't talk to me, no. Girl, <laughs> I, I did it. I'm not even. So when I first got my pit, I didn't realize, you know, puppies are kind of like kids, right? You mm-hmm. can't have stuff on the floor. Okay, if it smells good, don't have it within their reach because they put everything in their mouth. So my pit, she she's if anybody's had a, a pit bull um, as a pet or another dog that's considered a heavy chewer, then they know they chew on stuff. They chew, they chew, they chew. They'll chew your furniture if they can. Mm-hmm. So um, to the equivalent of three times, I had to go take my dog to the emergency vet three times. So you do the math. And that's before they even service her. Because she would be eating stuff. Pine cones. You Like when you was chewing that pine cone, you, you didn't think to stop. It wasn't nasty. Um, my Gucci hat. I, I wore it one time. Spent a bunch of money on this real cute Gucci uh, baseball hat. Yeah, down the drain. She well, see, now you have a. I just realized your dog is very smart with eating. Chewed it up. Anything Gucci. The dog said you didn't have no business wearing it no more after that. Girl, this was, cool. <laughs> this, this, was way, this was way that before the stunt. She, this was way before the stunt. This is when she was a puppy. So she she's now like it. seven years old. So this it. is a long time ago. But all that being said is. One day she decided, I guess she was, you know, pets get angry at you if you're not home, okay? So she was mad. I had went out to the club one night, okay? She used to me being in the house. So she just went on a chewing spree. Like, I'm just going to chew and tear up all her shit. Mm-hmm. When I got back, she had ate a toy. She had ate a sock. She had ate my hat. And she had ate... She had a, a uh, newspaper. <laughs> you said what now? Your dog said, "Keep your name out my keep, mouth. Keep, keep my, my name, name out like your mouth. mouth. Don't be, don't be, didn't tell out my business." But oh, I kept, I asked, I finally asked the vet. I said, "What are you putting down her throat to make her throw up? Because every time I come, you know, you gotta." put this hose full of this stuff and you shoving it down her mouth and she throws all this stuff up. Girl, it wasn't nothing but regular hydrogen peroxide. Oh, that wow. was all. I, I was paying $500 initial for you to pour some mm-hmm. damn peroxide down my dog's throat. No, that junk is super um that junk is super expensive. So my dog had like some ear stuff going on and yeah, just a check-in. Uh was oh. 65 bucks and so i mean mm-hmm. that's just a check-in just to walk in the door i know you for, for different dogs and veterinarians um or just vets, don't go emergency emergency vet i don't yeah, know how for show. you know it's off 500 off the bat but i said she'll never go when i found out it was peroxide the next time she ate something i did it myself i went right <laughs> and got got a, a, a big bottle of peroxide got two bottles and got a gallon of water a couple gallons and Poured the peroxide, half of the water, half a uh, gallon of water, half the rest peroxide. 
mm-hmm. and I poured it down her throat myself, and she ain't and chewed she nothing up since then. Because mm-hmm. I bet she said this, this motherfucker here is crazy. Mm-hmm. I wasn't all gentle like the vet. You gonna eat up stuff? Come on, you finna throw this mm-hmm. stuff up today? Because mm-hmm. because if, if not, that bill that bill shock you like some goddamn electricity. Uh, you put I that had goddamn one board. of the bills I had to get on a payment plan for. I'm telling you. I'm telling Shoot. you, but I want to pull a segue because if you do get shocked by the bill, it does feel like an electricity or an electric current. We're going to play a track from Trees and, and Philly Moo and some other great talents on this track. It's called Electric or oh, Electricity. Uh, Philly Moo, man, thank you so much for setting this track. We're going to roll this track and we'll be back with some more or with something brand new. There is always a curious tie between the fall and the creation, taking this ghastly risk uh, is the condition of there being life. From my homeboy Philly Moo and uh, Trish, you, you did your thing on the trumpet. You definitely did your thing on that track. You know, I, you know, I did what I could do when I do it. I tried my best. You know, once again, it's electricity, and you know my favorite quote. Well, I ain't even gonna say it. Do I need to say it? Maybe I mm. need to say it. Let them know. They may just That's tune what into I this podcast episode because who we got on electricity. Uh, you, need, you need to let them know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's a cool track, man. I really enjoyed making it. Uh, we had a lot of fun in the studio, and it was it was just a dope track. You know, shout out to Mouton on the futon. He produced it, made the beat. He's the one rapping on it. He's the one singing on it. 
And, you know, shout out to Philly Moo. He's singing on it as well. Little do people know. And I just, you know, played my horn. Phil was like, play this. I said, right, right away, Doc. Sing the melon, melody. Mm-hmm. And he, no, sung. he said, I want it to sound like this. And he sung it to me. And I said, okay, I'll make it happen. And I played it. And it turned out real legit. No, we it love really it. Did. We had a good... We we uh we played it a couple episodes before, uh, but listen y'all, uh, we're gonna keep this thing moving. This episode again, uh, finesse media is brought to you by Latrice Murphy Views. Uh, check her out, Latrice Murphy Views on all social media platforms, uh, and that's a photography company. So if you need your photos um, shot, we know during this crazy time we're living in, uh, but you can so certainly set something up. So Latrice Murphy Views uh, is the sponsor of this episode, and we also have my guest co-host. Uh, Rashida Rashida uh, Buff Bay Luke is in the studio with us too, uh, comedian hey, uh, hey. actress. So she's uh, you know joining us all the way from Chicago. So she's in remotely. And then Ken Finesse Media, I'm your host. And each and every week we talk to people and uh, interview folks that's finessing the game. And I'll tell you, man, this episode, if you fast forward it, I'll say it again. Uh, we have a good person coming on. Uh, uh, my, um, I would say one of my favorite comics. Uh, comedians uh, that's been in the game and that's been finessing the game for so so many years so uh, certainly don't want to waste your time and uh, let the suspense go and let you know that my girl uh, actress comedian the legendary Lou Nail is in the building thanks so much for joining the podcast how you doing Good. I need to get one of those applause uh, noises and hook it up to my front door. So every time I come home, I get a round of applause. <laughs> of course, I ain't going. Of course, I ain't going out the door much these days. But yeah, just think about it. Mm-mm. But you deserve the applause. You deserve the applause, Lunell. We got so much to talk to you about, the things that you're working on, the things that you've done. I'm not even going to uh, waste the time with listeners because if you don't know who Lunell is, Google her. I'm not going to waste your time and introduce her like she's some new uh, chick off the block. L Murder, the original <laughs> bad boy girl of comedy. Lunell, how are you doing? Again, thank you for joining this podcast. You're very welcome. It's my pleasure. Yeah. So as you mentioned, we want to jump right into it. It's quarantine. We all in the house. You're in South Central. Uh, how are you dealing with it? I know with a lot of comics and with most people across the world, we can't do our business. And you do have a new uh, YouTube uh, uh, channel. Uh, hey, Lunell, and we'll talk about that in a second. But outside of that, I see you're, you're keeping busy still. But how are you adjusting to this change and kind of what's going on with you during this time? Where is your mind at right now? Are you still being creative? Well, first of all, um, I have to uh, say that I think we're all getting very creative right now because we're doing things in a different way right now to stay connected with our fans, stay connected with our, you know, uh, people out uh, in the turf and all that type of stuff. So, yeah, I've been doing a lot of interviews and, like I said, started the YouTube channel and... um, you know, still posting on my Facebook and Instagram. We'll give all that out at the end and stuff like that. That's number one. Number two, I try not to watch a lot of the news because it's just too much. But my husband watches it and lets me know several watched it the other day. And so some of us 
customer this does have me shook i ain't gonna lie but mm-hmm. for the most part um uh selfishly i'm having a ball in my damn quarantine shit i was tired <laughs> i was on the road i was scheduled to have a consultation about knee surgery before all this shit happened i was oh, in a wow. great deal of pain i sit down on stage a lot now but i'm not getting paid to stand up i'm getting paid to talk shit so that doesn't matter and um i'm actually very 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 glad to be locked up in the house and get some rest. I'm organizing. I'm cooking. I'm eating better than I have probably in five years just because I haven't had this much home-cooked food in many, many years. You know, that's one of the things you miss when you're on the road. And mm-hmm. um, I'm catching up on a lot of television programs that I had not had the time to see at all. Shout out to all Americans, you know. <laughs> and, um, and uh, I, um, uh, on this particular day, you know, my heart is heavy because, as you mentioned, I'm in South Central, where All-American part of that show is shot, by the way. That's on Netflix. And also, I, you know, I'm live, I, I have stated many, many times, and you can see on my Instagram the posts and the pictures, that I live two blocks away from the marathon shop. And you know what happened 365 days ago today over there. I have not been in the car to go down there and see if people are there or not. I don't believe that in this area where I live that the quarantine and social, um, you know, being, being six feet away, I don't think that's going to fly today because I today. think there's going to be many, 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 many people who go mm-hmm. out to the scene of the crime and go take pictures by the murals once again. And mm-hmm. you can see all that on my Instagram at Lunell at L-U-E-N-E-L-L. It's a very sad day here in South Central because, you know, um, it's just been deep ever since this senseless and um, untimely and horrible murder happened. You know, we still got so many questions. What the fuck is taking Eric Holder's trial so goddamn long? Oh, you know? mm-hmm. and, uh, right. And, 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 and uh, you know, they were supposed to be naming the street after Nip. I saw the sign, but it's not on the street. Where is that? You know, and on this day, I'm sure we can't help but think about Sam and Lauren and little yeah. boss the boss and his mom and father and granny hustle. So, you know, there's a lot going on outside the house, but up in this motherfucker Okay, I, let's I, talk about it. I just ate a I just ate a bowl of gumbo that I had made a couple of days Ooh, ago. Wee. Oh shit. Um, my God. Laying up on my couch, about to fold some clothes and do my regular shit and I get to talk <laughs> to people like you. I just hit my joint, so I'm chill like a motherfucker up in here. <laughs> and so, She's like, I done blazed up, I done ate good, I'm chilling like yeah. a mug. <laughs> yeah, I'm up. chilling like a mug, man. Shit, you know. We're and lucky that so- we still have water. We're lucky that we still have cable, you mm-hmm. know, because it could yes. be so much worse. What if there was a pandemic and a blackout? And we've had them. You know, New York has been through everything. 
New York has easily got to have the strongest people in the United States, not just because they have been here with 9-11, here with the corona, here with this, here with that. But, hell, they walk every damn way. We bougie in L.A. I drive to the corner. <laughs> but in, L- in New York, you know, they must have the tightest asses in the United States because they walk every goddamn way. You get to New York and they say, oh, the restaurant's just a couple blocks down the street. Next thing you know, you don't walk a quarter mile. I'm like, bitch, where's the yeah. car service? <laughs> so New York, shout out to New York. Shout out to New York. Where's no, I understand it. Uh, you got to be in the house. And you got to be chilling. I love that gumbo. If we ever out in L.A., Thank I want to come you. over where, and get Where are you gumbo. guys at? Where are you guys at? We're, well, we're syndicated. Well, not syndicated, but we're remotely. So I'm in Dallas. My co-host is in Kansas City. And joining us for a special co-host edition on this episode is Rashida uh, in Chicago. So we're all over. I know you're remote. You better be quarantined. I, but that's what I want to do now. I want to know where everybody mm. was. Mm. I'm here in L.A. Yeah, you're yeah, I'm out in L.A. I'm out in the show me state. Definitely quarantined. Definitely. I didn't even, I was supposed to, I was telling somebody uh, before we got on, I was supposed to have the rotor rooter man come out to my house today. And I was like, oh, we going to cancel that shit. Look, you better unquit that that and run that bitch down the drain. (laughs) 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 Shove that thing down the damn drain and and pour some hot water down that bitch. It'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Show gonna do it too. But we know you are a metal hanger. Yeah. Oh yeah. We know we know you are being quarantined and uh, keeping the doors locked. But we got to talk about it. So you got your daughter on the other side of the door, and uh, she's refusing to do the whole social distancing thing. And uh, you made a post about it. It went viral. So let's talk about it right now. I don't know if people can get the uh, chance to maybe hear you uh, any anytime sooner, but I would love to kind of hear what that was about. Like, you told her she couldn't come in because she wasn't doing the social distancing. I know that's Well, funny. okay, here's the deal. Anybody who knows me, anybody who follows me, anybody who, knows, you know, listens to me knows that I'm low-key obsessed with my daughter. She's grossly beautiful. She's very talented. <laughs> She's a dancer. She danced with Lizzo at the Grammy. She opened and danced with many artists on the last Soul Train Award. She also danced during the cotillion in the show All American. And she's Yeah, I love my daughter. And she's the only child I have. My daughter's 24 years old. My daughter has a studio apartment down the street four blocks from me where I lived for many, many years. And it used to be my office. And when she came home from college... I was like, wait, 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 wait. Go down there. <laughs> so she's got, she doesn't live with me. I, I want to clear that up, okay? I didn't put her out in the street. She's got a well, beautiful place, a couple blocks from me. Um, my daughter has a boyfriend. Well, hell, that's already contaminated, as you asked me. And <laughs> my daughter had her boyfriend and her boyfriend's boy and some little, you know, trap hoe that he was fucking. And they were all laying around, <laughs> passing lunch, and kicking it. And they had been over here a couple of times. And then when I watched the news, the one day that I did watch it, and it was like, you know, if you get this virus, you're going to die alone, people. The day you go mm-hmm. to the hospital, that's it. Because nobody's going to be able to come and see you. You will die alone, and you will then be put into a refrigerated truck because the morgues are fucking full 
and your loved one may end up being in the back of a Albertsons or a, a refrigerated truck, and it's only a certain amount of time before they start cremating them, them bodies too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's absolutely. What that's what you're looking at if you catch this virus, and that shook me. My my sister told me about a lady who had a daughter who got the corona. Her sister got the corona. They both died. Now the lady has no children. Oh, my God. This is that bullshit. And my daughter is of an age group, which you have seen in other posts on Instagram and Facebook, about kids that went to spring break in Florida, you know, kids in Key West that ignored it and got together for Mm -hmm. just had a little bust up by the police. Shout out to the police of L.A. because on a normal day, they would spray all them niggas down, but they don't want to get the corona either. <laughs> and we just had a situation over here where there was a bunch of motherfuckers out in the street for some goddamn birthday party, and they had babies out there, too. So yeah. my, daughter's in, yeah, my daughter's in that age range. And the last time they were over here, I just, like, I know her boyfriend and I slightly know the homie. I don't know nothing about this little trap bitch. And I don't know what she do, what she does. So I had to say, you know what? I can't let you guys back in here. I'm in the age range of people who get it and don't recover. My husband mm-hmm. has a breathing problem. He has a, a, a lung problem called COPD because he was on the pipe for years and years and shit. So, you know, um, we were separated. <laughs> but... Um, we can't afford. We can't afford to have that. We we can't afford to let the germs in. I let one person in here. That was my assistant. We got gloves. We got masks. We got the shoe covers. And she comes Ooh, in here, yeah. and every time she leaves, she bleaches the doorknob. People forget about the motherfucking contaminated mm-hmm. ass doorknob. She bleaches the doorknob. Bleaches the uh, light switch of uh, the light switches and everything. So. I watched the news, and I felt some type of way, and I texted my daughter, and I said, listen, I'm not going to be able to let you guys back in, you know, this is just, you guys, you know, over there kicking it, and like I said, passing blunts and shit, I don't, I can't do it. So before I made the post, I texted my daughter. I didn't hear back from her for an hour and a half. She over there sleep up under that nigga. So... <laughs> <laughs> I, I I did the post because I felt like, you know, my era was the crack era. And there's a lot of grandparents out here raising their kids' kids. And the kids are running it out the house, going over their homeboy, going over their girls. And frankly, we don't know what the fuck they're doing when they leave out the door. And I felt like, you know, I didn't even do it to, I did it coming from my heart. I didn't do it to nobody on. I didn't do it to go viral. I didn't know none of that shit was going to happen. As you well know, you can't make shit go viral. Shit but what did she say, Luna, when she saw the it's post? The it, it made shade room and everything. What did she say when she saw the post? Oh, I know. So, um, are we on a time schedule? I'm telling no, 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 no. Okay. No time at all. Okay. <laughs> all right. Cool. I'm trying to change. So, when I made the post, I was coming from a place of Worry and concern, and I just, I just, it, the spirit moved me to do it. I had no idea, no idea, and no intention for the shit to go viral, but it did. Now, 
You want to know who slid in my fucking DMs after I went viral? Oh, Mickey Howard, Jill Scott. A, a, mm. a lot of celebrities got in my, and you see Nene, my nemesis, even went on Instagram live talking about she's thinking about keeping her son at the house. Now, So were um, they in support? Did they reach out in support or were they kind of yeah, really against Yeah, yes, absolutely. Yes, okay. Yes, in absolute support. Absolute support. So, you know, now there are, and I put in the post why I went public because some people are like, why would you put your business uh, out on the show? Well, this isn't my business. This is the worldwide national business. Mm. Right. Okay. This isn't my business. This is some national shit. And like I said, I think the spirit moved me to do it. Now, when my daughter woke up from her slumber, <laughs> she was so the fuck up because her Instagram has been on in mine and people were talking shit to her. And what happened was she got dragged a lot. Now, I didn't know mm. because I post the shit and I be on about my business. I don't sit there. I don't do it for likes or clicks or none of that shit. I don't read every comment that I get. I go about 30 down, then after that, I'm fucking done. I'm not sitting around reading no 2,800 comments and shit like that. <laughs> if not in the first 30, I didn't see it, basically. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I didn't even know. I didn't even know that the shit went viral when my daughter called me off hysterical. And my niece, her cousin, had to tell me what people were saying. I would never had done anything to make people drag my daughter. I don't want mm-hmm. that. You know, I could take it. I've already went through the shit with Nene. I've already done, you know, other shit and young folks on Vlad and everything. Think, oh, watch up. What have you done lately? I'm like, you so clueless, bitch. Then you go and check their Instagram <laughs> and they got like six followers. I'm like, bitch, you don't even exist. Fuck out here. So I, I never do anything. I would never do anything to to put my daughter in harm's way. At the same time, if you were to reverse this, if young people were falling dead in the street and they were getting a virus that only old people had, we would do everything in our motherfucking power to make sure that the kids weren't infected. But they're not doing it for us. So my daughter and them came over the, on Sunday. They wanted some of this, um, these turkey wing mashed potatoes and greens that I had made. And Wait, I you said you said turkey wings? Is that what you said? Turkey wings and mashed potatoes and gravy and collards mixed with cabbage mixed with mustard greens mixed with spinach and cornbread uh. in the skillet. So I made that on Sunday. Skillet cornbread. I politely fixed them. I politely fixed them three plates and handed them right up to the back down damn door. And that's what <laughs> I know that's see. right. I know that's right. I would have proudly yeah, got not, my back door plate. I love my kid. I want to let. I wish she would have quarantined with me, with me instead mm-hmm. of her boyfriend, but she did not. So you chose that life. I pray that you don't get sick. I pray that going around her grandmother, who she wants to go visit in the Bay Area, don't get sick. And, you know, I'm just going to have to pray about it. What the fuck can I do? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pray. It is very true, though. People aren't taking it serious because I know no, no, the no, other no, day. No, no, no. People are taking it serious. The youth are not taking it serious. Yeah, yeah. Because I've seen multiple kickbacks <laughs> on Facebook yeah, and Instagram. They, it's kickback they're gonna be kicking back at the. They're going to be kicking back at the fucking um, refrigerated truck. 
is where they're going to yeah. kick her back at. But they won't even be able to kick back at their funeral home. That's the saddest thing mm. to me. You're going to yeah, put Neymar in, in, the, in the truck because that's what you're trying to do. And, and you know, yeah. I don't see motherfuckers. There's motherfuckers out there that are trying to give it to it. Uh, white girls licking toilets. A white man licked a shopping cart handler. People spitting on people's Amazon packages. Yeah, I've seen that shit. And people spitting wow. on the Asian lady. Listen, if I see you in my camera, mm-mm. if I see you on my camera spitting on my porch, just know I'm gonna put my mask on and gloves and give you a well whooped ass that day. That no, I'm, sorry, I'm, well whooped ass. I'm, I'm shooting. I'm shooting through the cow. I'm shooting through the cow. <laughs> 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 She says, not even I'm out. You. Hey, the mayor here in Chicago actually announced yesterday they closed the liquor stores because of all the young people still posting kickbacks on social yep. media. Yep. They're not so they're no not taking liquor. it serious. They were literally having a block party up the street from me. I bullshit y'all not. Yeah. This past week. Right. Uh, me too. Me too. A whole block party. Wow. Yeah. I was like, these motherfuckers here, boy, I tell you. It really, really made me mad and embarrassed, you know, for my people. But then again, the very next uh, thing I scrolled up was a bunch of motherfucking white kids out there on their boats and kicking it and doing all that. And I'm like, you know, this is, it's generational. If anybody over 30 is taking this shit serious, and everybody yeah. under 30 thinks like, ooh, they're happy we're not on the freeway. They're happy they can drag race. They're happy that they're on the, and I don't know who's letting them back in the house. All y'all motherfuckers need to go to the park and pitch a tent and sit down. And I hate Absolutely. the feedback. I, I hate the feedback in response that you had got from I guess your post and you mentioned millennials a couple of times and people was like, Well, you got it wrong, it's from this year to that year. Like it didn't matter. Like you get the point. The fucking point is I'm like they went the whole they went they went all they missed the whole entire point of the post. And let me tell you something, when I was growing up there was three categories. You was young, you was middle aged, and you was old. There wasn't no mm-hmm. generation Z, X, Y, who gives a fuck about that. <laughs> We don't even know what the Y stands for, what the Z stands for, what the X stands for. You want to be so motherfucking uh, PC. excited and, and preoccupied with some label that the white man gave you than just trying mm. to get the point of the goddamn message. So, you know, yeah. don't nobody even talk talk like that. You don't say, well, I'm, I'm Gen, Gen Z. Or Gen, nobody even talks like that. So what the fuck you know what a goddamn millennial is? And I don't give a fuck. What age group it is, you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm saying? Exactly, exactly. And they just totally even the goddamn point. dog knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> he knows. <laughs> the dog's like, um, "Reach, Lunell." Right. Damn it. Mm-hmm. So let so me ask you. I see that you are in both major. Um, movies as well as in a lot of indie movies. Like, how important is it to you to be on both sides in Hollywood? Well, I think for myself, I think that the indie movies, of course, give you the experience and develop your fan base. You know, the little Bud's house I've done and fucking Mac and Devin go to high school and, you know, uh, spring break and um, school dance and shit like that. That gives you the experience. 
major motion pictures, of course, are where it's at. My favorite thing to do, of course, is television, because I feel like more people will see you on television. They will see you. More people will see you in 30 minutes of television. So we're seeing you eight shows a week for 10 years on Broadway. That, mm. That's a fact. And, okay. and, and, but, but I don't choose to do very many independent movies anymore unless there's with some really notable people and they end up on maybe a Hulu or Amazon or something like that because I also need to make my money. And independent means independent. They ain't got no money. Well, no, that's right. And you're doing it. And, you know, a lot of people want me to be in the independent film. Well, I'll, what's that going to do for me? It ain't going to do right. shit for me. It is, however, going to bring up the, 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 the star power of your movie. So now I'm doing you a favor. But, you know, my, my new comedy tour this year is called Fresh Out of Famous Comedy Tour. I'm fresh the fuck out of famous. I've got another motherfucking favor. I've done. I've done. I've given away free tickets and guest lists for 30 fucking years. You uh, 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 you will pay to see me now. I'm not doing any of that no more. So I'm not doing independent movies at this time if I can help it. Unless it's really like about, you know, if Denzel was in an independent film they want to be, I would obviously do it. But I'm not doing it just for the homies because they ain't got no goddamn money. I need to make money. This is a lot of fucking work. People lie and say, oh, I only need you for two hours. Well, bitch, I had to do an hour worth of makeup to even get there. Then I got to Then I got to work, and it's never on time. So that turns, uh, two hours turns into like six hours. But I think that the major motion picture stars that do independent films are great because obviously they don't need the money. They're just trying to stay, you know, relevant and keep their chops up and stuff like that, but I'm not that bitch. I'm just rattling in the hood. Um, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm doing okay. I'll be able to ride this uh, corona out, hopefully, financially, because God knows I ain't spending no money on nothing but uh, toilet paper and motherfucking napkins and goddamn neck bones and shit like that. You Absolutely. Know, if you can find the toilet paper, these motherfuckers done well, went crazy. I, I know. A little porn hub here and there, but hey, you know, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the difference what's the difference in that bag when it comes to movies and tv because i've heard a lot of times tv shows will bring you a bigger bag because you're getting it every week like is it a huge difference or uh it's about the same for me it would be a huge difference now just look at shit like this the Wayans Brothers television show has never been off the air. Mm. Yeah. Martin has never been off the air. And the show stopped taping 15 years ago. Um, yep. Jamie Foxx show has never been off the air. The movie money will die down. If you come out with girl script, the residual checks they got were probably wonderful in the beginning. They're not so big mm-hmm. now because, you know, it dies off. But television doesn't. And if you can get a show in syndication, I think that's over 100 episodes, and it can go syndicate on TV, you can lay on the couch for the rest of my fucking life and make money. Yeah. Well, well. Okay. You know, but as of right now, literally, I got the last check that I was owed yesterday, and there is no more money coming in for nobody. 
Uh, now, you know, I'm mm. not John Legend. I'm not, you know, Russell Simmons or any of that. They cannot make money for years up and still be fine. But if I don't make no money in, 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 in you know, maybe about seven, eight months, mm-hmm. I'm going to be back to selling pussy again. Shit, and you got to wear a mask. <laughs> oh, 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 we don't want you to go back to selling pussy. Girl, I'm going to have to do what I got to do, girl. Like, I'm going to have to do what I got to do now. <laughs> and, and Keep finessing the game. Into, I yeah. know, right? Jumping into a, a deeper topic because I also am a female comic, and I also met you years ago. I always tell people I love, love, love you so much because you're so raw but sweet at the same time. You don't sugarcoat shit for anybody. I was actually the Chicago representative at Hope Flood Spiker Convention, and that's where I met you at, where we, you know, had the different okay. uh, seminars right. and things like, yes, I I would tag you in every picture we have, but it would probably annoy the fuck out of you. But <laughs> speaking, speaking of, you know, just being a female comic and all the things we go through and it being a male-dominated field, uh, you know, there was a time where breaking into the industry was said to be more of a challenge for females than men. What are your thoughts about that, and did you experience that? Well, you know what? Um, what I what I always tell people, well, I had some breaks, okay? Let's, let's face it, I had some breaks. I uh, lived in Oakland, California, home of Mark Curry and Miss Laura Hayes. Okay, I had them to look at. My baby daddy was a comic at the time. I started doing comedy actually in Long Beach and came back to Oakland. And the first comic I met was Robin Harris. The very first day I ever did comedy, I met Robin Harris. Nice. So he told me the club to go to. I went where I met a young D.L. Hughley a young Jamie Foxx, a young, you know, Cat Williams. This is before Comic View ever came on TV. Then when I was in Oakland, I was lucky enough to be a TV host on a television network called the Soul Beat Television Network. Well, that made me very popular in town. I always tell people, try to see, can you take over your town first? Then when you go out into the world, you have people that will follow you and you already have a fan base. You know, some people mm-hmm. jump up and try to come to L.A. too soon. You don't know mm, yeah. nobody, nobody give a fuck, but try to take <laughs> over your town yes. first. So, oh my God. So, I, when I, so I already had connections when I came to Los Angeles. A lot of people mm. don't. That helped me very much. And also, I came up in a time where Comic View was just popping. And so, luckily for me, I was able to do like 10 seasons of comic view when Bruce Bruce hosted I did it when Ricky Smiley hosted I did it when Montana Taylor hosted I did it when 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 uh Cheryl Underwood hosted I did it when Samora hosted I did it when DL hosted I did it you know so I've been I, I had national television exposure so for me I didn't have the struggle to get put on like some may have, but it is very, very difficult for the sisters out here, um, especially if you're trying to just do stand up and not trying to be a Instagram whore. Now, the Instagram mm. whores 
are getting put on like a motherfucker because the hoes <laughs> are yes, winning are. right now. The, the hoes are winning right now, and I'm not trying to call every Instagram chick a hoe, but uh, the hoes are winning. And they can <laughs> fuck the right guy, they can get the right likes, and then then what they're doing, which takes them out of the whole category, is that they're being, being able to start businesses and be entrepreneurs, you know. And with, there's people like me who've been in the in business for, you know, 30 fucking years, and we ain't been able to start no business. I mean, I'm incorporated. I got a company. I do have employees that I pay. Had to pay one today. And, um, you know, I sell my merchandise. It's on my website, my T-shirts, my bags, my CDs and DVDs. But I don't have no company, you know, so there's opportunities that are out there for sisters that weren't there before. But it's still very, very hard because these niggas don't give a shit. Like they're talking about mm-hmm. maybe putting back together the Kings of Comedy Tour with DL, with Cedric, and with uh, 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 Steve, uh, Steve Harvey. Harvey. They can't do Bernie Mac. They said they would dedicate the show to Bernie Mac. Well, why not put a girl? Right, right. You had the you had the black and brown comedy get down. Charlie Murphy, D.L. Hughley, Cedric the Entertainer, George Lopez, and I'm missing somebody. Uh, well, the four of them: Charlie, oh, and Eddie Griffin. Okay, that's five millionaires that were already millionaires making more millions. Do you mean to tell me there's not one motherfucking female in the United States of America? That's worthy to stand on stage with these brothers? Not one? That's a very bad somebody, If you ask somebody on the street, anybody, old, young, black, white, fat, skinny, gay, or straight, if you ask them to name me your top 10 favorite comedians, they will name all men. Yep. Yep, you're right about that. Nobody and will say Wanda Sykes. Nobody will say Roseanne Barr. Nobody will say Joe yeah. Rivers. Nobody will say, uh, you know, Miss Laura. They won't say it. Then you'll say, well, what about Wanda? And they go, oh, yeah. We're the afterthought all the time. So, you know, it is very difficult. And you got to go up here and I don't want to be like this. I would like to be a soft and fuzzy girl and be a nice <laughs> bitch at this motherfucking business turn you into a motherfucking beast. That's why yeah. L murders. L is for the Lunel and murders because I'm killing these bitches out here, but you know, on, on a low-key level. Hell, I got five shits in the fucking can when this shit do pop off, you know? So I, I'm not I, I, I'm not suggesting any chick go into comedy. But I'm, I would never quit my job. I would never you know, do that. But if you get laid off, if you find yourself at an impasse, if you really have the talent and the drive, because you shouldn't do comedy to make money, you shouldn't do comedy to please your friends, you should only do stand-up comedy if you feel like you would die if you don't do it. That's the way I see it. That's a real good point. You got to realize, yeah, and for a woman, you got to realize the men ain't going to like it. They will become part of our material. Your kids are going to look at you funny. (laughs) Your parents didn't raise you to be a stand-up comic. None of that shit. So you're yeah. fighting mm-hmm. the odds. You're fighting the odds. But, you know, hey, if you're a beast, you'll do it. If not, get the fuck out the way and let the rest of us go, too. I know, I know that's, that's right. right. But I'm <laughs> glad you spoke about um, the the time now with social media 
and, uh, you know, people on there. I've had this conversation with several comedians, but I would love to hear your perspective on now because um, I've been doing comedy for, I want to say, about 12 years. I, I stopped for about three due to personal stuff, but I just started getting back into it. But it's totally different than it was about seven years ago, and that's because social media is like the it thing right now. And people are doing funny videos, and now they're being called comedians. Like, how do you feel about that? Well, um, if you're going to do stand-up, nothing is going to help you do stand-up except doing stand-up in front of Mm -hmm. people. You know, you can do as many fucking skits as you want to, and I call them social media entertainers. They definitely have a, 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 a lane. And they're funny, you know, but I can't call them a comic because you got 300,000 likes on a 30-second mm-hmm. motherfucking TikTok, bitch. That is not a motherfucking, <laughs> you know, stand You have to have the people. And plus, I have seen the comics jump off of Instagram and go on stage, and it's been a hot fucking mess. Plus, yes. the, 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 club, the club owners do not like the uh, crowd that comes. They're shitty. They treat the weight staff shitty. They're not classy. They don't tip. However, there are people who have made it through. Like Emmanuel Hudson came off of Instagram, I think, and ended up on Wild and Out and all this kind of stuff. I'm not sure if he's still on there. I think that DC Youngfly, I'm not sure where he came from, actually. And, um, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, I really don't. I'm not a per se. But I, I do like that little court. Uh, no, no, Country Wayne. I like Country Wayne because he always looks so yeah, confused and just cracks me up. Yeah, yeah. 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 He and is you know, but then, but I, I don't. I don't call them comics unless they can jump off your Instagram and stand in front of a stage and be clear. Right. With some real I material. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. You kill it. Yeah. You you know, and I, and I said kill it because the only thing that's going to get you paid consistently is your consistent killing it. Nobody wants to mm. miss your bad day. Oh, I had a bad day. I mean, Tiffany mm-hmm. learned that. Look how she got drugged for being a drunk ass on that New Year's Eve mm-hmm. show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People, that might be yeah. their last New Year's Eve. So, you, yeah. know, so mm-hmm. you just have to, um, I feel that, I feel that nothing makes a comic but an audience. And um, that's just the way I feel. You know, but there are plenty of talented people who should go into acting and stand up alone. You know, they're great (laughs) actors and actresses. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So what actually got you into comedy? Did you always want to be a comedian? Like, what made you slide into that? Well, that's a long story that I don't feel like going into, but I'll tell you this. Um, I mean, really, it's a long, long story. But um, I didn't ever, I thought to myself, I didn't ever want to be a comic. I, and my delusional self, and I smoke a lot of weed, I wanted to be a background singer for Luther Vandross. That's what I thought. Wow. I okay. That, that, that Stop the Love video fucked me up. I'm like, I want to be like that. <laughs> But, um, you know, uh, after I woke up, uh, what, but I, I, I never thought I wanted to be a stand-up comic. It just happened. Um, a friend of mine was dating a guy, and he ran a club, and I went down, and he told me to come down, and that's the night I met Robin. 
should snowball. But I do think back now to when I was a young, young child, and I don't know how old y'all is, but before there was all these cassette players and shit, there was a big thing used to be in the living room, looked like a piece of furniture. It was called a hi-fi, a hi-fi stereo, okay? Mm. And the hi-fi, a lot of people had a TV sitting on top of it, whatever. The hi-fi mm-hmm. was a record player yeah. that you actually put the <laughs> records in, and it had to warm up. It had to warm up, and there was a little red light at the bottom of my family's hi-fi. And when my parents would leave the house, I would then put on a Richard Pryor album or a Rudy Ray Moore album or a Red Fox album or a LaWanda Page, a Esther album. And I would lay on the floor and put my eye up to that red light and I would go in there in my mind and I would pretend like I was in a CD comedy club with red lights and hookers and shit. Um, <laughs> you, you had to so have the I, red lights and the hookers. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It was a seed, it was seedy, very seedy. This this light I was looking into, but I think that not knowing, because that just came back to me about four years ago. I think that not knowing, some subconsciously maybe being a comic was being planted in my brain. I I don't know, mm-hmm. uh, but I know that I I I know that I absolutely. I'm doing the right thing in my life. I think I'm a better comic than I am an actress. And I think that I do have a gift. Because remember, when you do comedy, you're not doing it for niggas all the time. If you're getting paid, you have to do comedy for whoever. If the Jewish Mm, Community Center decides to hire you to do stand-up, you better go in there and you better kill it for all them Jews. If if you're doing it for the fucking gay pride decides to hire you, you better be able to be go, go go able to be funny in front of all them gay boys and girls. If you get hired by you know a fucking clan, if they paying enough, you better go in there and make them sheet wearing motherfuckers laugh. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you you're not doing this for your homeboys and your homegirl. Just because you're funny at the barbecue and the cookout Man. don't mean that you can go to UCLA and make thirty five hundred college kids laugh. I don't do colleges. I miss a lot of money not doing colleges. I don't like college kids. They don't give a fuck about me, and I don't give a fuck about them. And I stay in my motherfucking lane. I do comedy, I do comedy for grown folks. I'm like an old school record. I'm like the Isley Brothers or the Whispers or the Emotions of Comedy. I'm old school. And the that's OG. what I talk about, and that's what I think a lot of people miss these days. Because while you laughing at everybody and all these white our grandma and them was putting bleach in the dishwater 40 fucking years ago. There you go. Mm-hmm. There you go. Been doing okay. it. Okay. So Gotta put I'm, bleach I'm in the dishwater. like that. <laughs> yes. And then that Don mm-hmm. bathtub, this bubble bath in the bathtub, whatever. Your first moment when you were like on stage and you was like, yeah, I got this shit. Like, I, I'm doing the- it. I got this. The shit. very first, the very first day I did stand up, the very first wow. day I did stand up, Miss Wiz and Long Beach, I killed it the very first day. And like I said, I stepped off, and the first person I met was Robin Harris. So That's amazing. I, I, I knew I could do it, but I had already been a performer before then. I had done theater. You know, a lot of people. Oh, how do you get into this? First of all, let's see where your mind and your education level is. Can you do a play? Can you memorize lines? 
Can you deliver them? Can you take direction? Can you walk and talk at the same goddamn time? Mm-hmm. You know how many people cannot read aloud well? Well, what kind of <laughs> are you going to have? Cause 80% at some point, shit. At, no, no, like 40. Because <laughs> 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 yeah, like, at some point you're going to get, you're going to have to move on from comedy because comedy does not have a union, which means that mm-hmm. you have no health care. You have no benefits. You have no life insurance. You have nothing doing your stand-up. You must go into acting. And if you and, and that's the way you can get in SAG or ASTRA. Or else you're just going to buy your own health care. Because there's no union for comedians. Clowns have a union. Circus freaks have a, a union. But comics don't have one. Now, hmm. Not only that, wow. we don't have any award show to pat us on the back. Who sold out the most shows in 2019? I mean, who flew the most miles? Who did the most? We don't have a, an award show for us. BET mm-hmm. ought to be ashamed of their motherfucking self because Comic View kept BET on television Man. for many yes, years. But they don't Man. do a tribute to Ronaldo Ray. They don't have a tribute to the Comic View legends. They don't invite us. We don't present. We don't do no skits. They ought to be motherfucking ashamed of themselves. Mm-hmm. Hey, y'all. Like you said, Lunel been holding it down uh, for so many years, you know, doing the stand up. Um, but that shit ain't stopping you, cause um, in Vegas you got a three month res- residency uh, at the Jimmy Kimmel uh, uh, Comedy uh, Center at Link. And I know that's been put on hold, but since you've been there and that residency, how has that been? Cause you're you're breaking history um, over there in Vegas. Well, well, thank you very much. I started with the three-month extended stay. Then they extended my residency. Then they extended it again. So my residency has been... Well, I at first I had a three-month residency at the SLS Comedy Club. At, at, at the um, Sayers Club and the SLS Hotel where Eddie Griffin, me, and Monique were there. Eddie Griffin would do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Monique would do Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And I would do one night and I was on Sunday. And mm-hmm. I was doing very well. If I was not doing well with the numbers I did, I would have never gotten to get the gig at the Jimmy Kimmel Comedy Club. I'm very proud to be at the Jimmy Kimmel Comedy Club because that's the only comedy club with a national television show hooked to it. So I was able to mm-hmm. do Jimmy Kimmel's show and all that kind of stuff. And, P- and that's, you know, a white man and he's liberal and he's already got built-in fan base. So people already want to come and see who's at his club. And and, 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 and and believe you me, Vegas don't give a fuck how cute you are, how how funny you are, or any of that. They want to know, if we put your motherfucking name up on this building, will you put... Can you bring somebody? That's right. Mm-hmm. They only care about one thing. Mm. Trying to make money. Vegas wants to make money. And people will say, well, Anel, do you think you can get me on it? That No, I can't do nothing. Number one, I'm fresh out of favor. Number, oh, I hear the helicopters. The niggas must be over there at Nip Spot. Oh, I wonder. <laughs> anyway, uh, I hear the cats like not. boys in the hood over here. But um, <laughs> you know, they don't, they don't, they don't care about any of that. They don't even care how funny you are. You can be a hack, but if you're a hack that's popular and could put asses in them seats, then you can maybe get a job. But, but, you know, Jimmy Kimmel's Comedy Club goes through Caesars Entertainment. And so this is a whole, it's like having a corporate gig. So they're not just because you, you that nigga 
on Wilder. Now they just not throwing everybody up in Las Vegas. And don't forget, niggas was only even able to come through the front door in the last 50 years. So I'm mm-hmm. very proud to be out there. You know, Marsha Warfield and me are the only sisters with a regular residency out there. If people remember Night Court and Marsha Warfield being on Night Court. And she was doing comedy back when Richard, when they were doing the host for Richard Pryor, the, uh, the roast. I mean, those Richard Pryor comedy roast. So Marsha is an OG, you know, and I'm glad that she's my friend. George Wallace has made more money than any black person ever in Las Vegas. Now, that's what she's really mm. Okay. Hey, George oh, yeah, Wallace. George Wallace, an, another legend in the game, uh, that's been doing some of these yeah. things. Um, but also too, because I'm in, I mean, Rashida's in Chicago, but I'm from Chicago, and uh, I know your relationship with uh, Bishop Don Magic One. I know that's really something that uh, you guys probably will do. Or he drops off turkeys uh, every uh, Thanksgiving. Is that something that uh, you guys have been doing for so many years? Because I caught that. I'm like, wait. That's pretty cool, you know, Bishop Don Magic Juan and Lou Neal. I didn't know you guys had that relationship, and I saw on Instagram where he gave um, a turkey to you. So that's something he do or does every year? Bishop has been supplying me with my holiday turkey for about the last seven years. We are very, okay. very, very good friends. Cool. He just sent me a corona package over here the other day with some pain pills <laughs> and um, <laughs> left it on the front door and he sent me a CD of some old school music and some blueberries <laughs> and a whole bunch of edibles and vapes and cartridges of joints and shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, and what for the edibles and vapes and cartridges and kinds, shit. I'm so tight. I, I, if there is a virus, I ain't going to know about it if I eat every goddamn thing he brought over here. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I ran outside like, oh, the virus. But um, the, uh, 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 Chicago is very near and dear to me. Uh, as uh, some of you may know, when we did the Cat Williams tour and it made the movie American Hustle, we filmed the concert at the Ari Crown there in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And um, I used to have a house in Waukegan. I inherited a house in Waukegan. Oh, wow. So, oh, um, I, I know Chicago. Yeah, a shout out to Chicago. Plus, my favorite president and first lady from the whole wide world are from Chicago. So, you know. Mm-hmm. Yes, I used to live two minutes from them. And a lot of people don't know, Linda, wow. that you originally originally from Arkansas. That's what myself and my co-host, Teresa Millionaire, uh, attended undergrad at Arkansas Pine Bluff. So a lot of people don't know that you're from uh, from Arkansas. Yeah, I was born in Thailand, Arkansas. I have a niece who's a cop uh, in Pine Bluff. And I also got uh, inducted into the Arkansas Black Hall of Fame, along with people like my Angelo and Lenny Williams and Pharaoh Sanders. And so we, they had a big, big ceremony. I got a wonderful uh, mm-hmm. trophy made out of crystal from the crystal mine in Arkansas. And we also hang in the museum downtown Little Rock. So, um, yeah, I'm, ha- you know, happy to be a Southern girl. That was big. I saw yeah, the Hall nice. of Fame. So congratulations on that, too. I know a couple of weeks ago uh, you celebrated a birthday, so happy belated birthday as well. Yes, yes. Happy birthday. Thank you, Pisces, on March 12th. And actually, I had a comedy show in Vegas on March 9th and a birthday party, and then I was going to do the 15th and birthday party. We were out there, but five hours before the show, 
is when we got canceled. That's also when they started shutting Vegas down because on that very day, March 15th, is when they shut down the, the WAN and I think the Encore Hotel. And I didn't believe it. I said, there is no way you're going to get all these people out of Las Vegas. Well, uh-huh. they did. And yeah, Times Square, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is, you know, a point in history that I never, ever imagined, never thought I'd see. But the Bible, you see, if you love the Lord, the Bible tells you about dictators, which we've got one in the White House now, and about plagues and shit like that. You know, people didn't didn't adhere to the AIDS virus um, because it wasn't affecting every single body. Then it started affecting everybody, pregnant women and all that, because all that download bullshit. And <laughs> people still don't take the AIDS <laughs> epidemic. People still don't take the AIDS epidemic serious. If they mm-hmm. did, Drake wouldn't have no goddamn baby because he would have had a fucking condom on. Damn. <laughs> yeah, they just niggas are still people still out here fucking wild. Like, what the fuck is that? Porn stars you know, at that. Uh, well, wow. I'm just saying, you know, a lot of people yeah. paying child support so they didn't want to strap the fuck up. So don't cry now, Argentina. You should have had all the motherfucking condom. You could have fucking. I know that's right. more bitches that night, but you know, you want to go wild. Well, it don't feel natural. Well, do this. Uh, Thirty-seven thousand dollar a month child support field national nigga. My God, yeah. my God. So I see that you are going to be in coming to America too. Like, how did they contact you, and how did you land this role? Like, what? How did that all come about? That happened because of Craig Brewer, the director. Now, Craig Brewer is white, but he loved black folks. He directed Hustle and Flow. <laughs> okay. Oh, he yeah. He loved black direct, folks. He did Hustle and Flow. He directed Dolomite. And he directed oh, Dolomite. Love Dolomite. Yeah. Now, Dolomite, I auditioned for. I actually auditioned for the part of Lady Reed. But they gave the part of Lady Reed to jo- uh, uh, jo- Divine Joy Randolph, which I think she did a fine job. Unhappy was my part that I played the end because I got to have intimate moments with Eddie, just him and me. So I auditioned nice. times for that movie. Seven motherfucking times. I didn't get the part I auditioned for, but I still made the movie. Well, when Coming to America came around, Craig said, I got to get Lunell in this movie and I don't have to audition her because she just auditioned for me seven times. So that was mm. Craig Brewer. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then also, um, uh, I'm sure that Eddie had to approve it because I already had a relationship with Eddie. I already knew Eddie. We didn't pick it or hang out, but I knew him. I was more mm-hmm. friendly with Charlie. Charlie and I were more buds than Eddie. But um, to work in two Eddie Murphy movies in one year, like, you know, I may not have a mansion. I may not have a rose, but pretty much everybody can my dick because I'm feeling myself right now. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> As you should. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. And at the Happy end of the day, you, you in them and they not. Amen. And I also flew, me and my manager flew to New York when Eddie did Saturday Night Live. We took, we, you know, Tracy Morgan said, come on out, you can hang out in my dressing room. 
So I had an invite. So we booked the ticket and we went. So we were there. We were standing right there when Lizzo performed. We were standing right there when Eddie, Eddie was doing the monologue with Chappelle and everybody. The pictures are all on my Instagram, at Lunell, you guys. And so we've developed a relationship. I even went to the house now. Uh, the last time they had that fight, and I went to a fight party at Eddie's house. Uh, I wouldn't call it a house. I say in Eddie's world, because it's like a world up there. And I was sitting wow. in Eddie's game room between LL Cool J and Sugar Ray Leonard. I'm like, look at, look at wow. me. Wow. Wow. That's, That's life. That's major. That was. But, but back to the movie, let me just say that you were, you, if you think you were proud of coming to, uh, if you think you were proud of Black Panther, which were very serious, you're going to even be prouder of coming to America. I'm about to bust a hemorrhoid over here because I can't post the pictures that I have on my phone from last year when we stumped. Some of the most beautiful shit you've ever seen. The fabric that the clothes are made up. And the fact that Ooh. Everybody's still alive and able to redo the film, which is 30 years old now, except for the great Mad Sinclair who played um, who played uh, uh, Prince Akeem's mother, James Earl Jones' uh-huh. wife. Uh-huh. She passed away, but everybody okay. else is back. Honey, she's my queen. Randy Watson, he back. The old dudes in the barbershop, <laughs> they back. The yeah. back. She's so queen to be he's back. <laughs> Everybody and, and and this is a really big part. Here's what they have some real South African stars, movie stars in this movie. So this is gonna be global and worldwide and beautiful and you're gonna and, and funny AF is one of the best scripts I've ever read since I've been in Hollywood. And wow. for those people who are like uh, the people who are like, Oh, don't fuck it up. Let, let me tell you something. There is no this is it's 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 beyond. It's beyond it's beyond. Storyline is great, the acting is great, the cameos people are great. You know, Rick Ross is in the motherfucker, Michael wow. Jackson, Gladys Knight. And we even used Rick Ross's house for the palace in Zamunda. Now there you got you got a scoop. Yeah. Now wow. I heard is it the house he has uh, down there, what is it in Kentucky or is it Atlanta? Atlanta. Uh-huh. It's an Atlanta Holyfield. And on top of everything to put the yeah. cherry on the cake, we filmed the Tyler Perry's old and new studio. So I've seen the Denzel Washington uh, 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 soundstage. I've seen the Halle Berry soundstage. Whoopi Goldberg, Ozzy uh, Davis, and Ruby D. Will Smith. You know, I've seen. Uh, uh, the White House that's on his lot for the Oval. I've seen, you know, he's got a ship there too, like a damn ark or something like that. Uh, that he ever, you know, even even touched it. I've seen the shit, and to know that that used to be Confederate land, Army base, so they didn't want no niggas. At, oh shit! Oh, I hope this is taken right now. Oh shit! Oh shit! Oh shit! I'm on the top. They're talking about me on the top. So on the. Oh shit, Cheryl Underwood, Cheryl Underwood, and uh, all them other girls, and they're talking about right. the fact, you know, what I did for my my daughter and the Corona, or whatever like that. So, um, uh, sorry, I got distracted from that. But you know, out of all the movies that Halle and Denzel and everybody made for Hollywood, do you think the motherfuckers up at Sony or Universal or Warner Brothers 
Name it alone. Not at all. Name it not a goddamn breath. And Tyler got a whole, whole 330 acre dedicated to nothing but our ancestors. It will live on forever. And that's forever. dope. That's dope. It, 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 made, it made me cry. It made me cry. It made me cry. Mm. When I first so. had uh, seen when he was sending out the invitations for his sound studio, um, was movie studio and all that, and then I seen the specs on it, how it was bigger than all of those studios put together. His was bigger. I said, that's amazing. <laughs> and then, Here's the thing, too. Super Here's the thing, too. His old studio is now owned by the Aru Brothers. It was massive. The Aru Brothers are Latinos. They used to work for Tyler. But oh, they wow. got together at, at Gloria Estefan and stuff like this and other probably Latinos that I don't know. And they bought the old studio. So now if Paramount Universal or anybody wants to come to Atlanta and film a new sound stages, they have to rent the sound stage area from a black man and from Latinos. Now you go. I ahead. know that's right. Now that's dope. That's that's, right that's what you call major moves. Major yeah. moves. It's even the fact yeah. that um him naming the different sound stages after people like Cicely Tyson and like you said Whoopi Goldberg who have been in the industry for countless years. You know Harry Belafonte and have gotten yeah no type of honor like that. Like that's that's crazy that's crazy so for him just doing that it made me feel proud because now that's a part of our history that our children and our grandchildren all of them can learn about and know you know because Hollywood was not going to preserve our history and our legacy it took us to do it so that's what made me proud absolutely absolutely and um you know I would urge people to, when this shit is over, you know, yeah, still go to Universal, that's fine, and ride the rides and all that. But maybe you might want to go the other way, because you can take tours. There's buses and trams that go around Tyler Perry Studios. He's got his own exit off the freeway. Like, you know, whatever I have ever said about Tyler and Medea and them wigs and that dress, whatever I've had to say, I've had to bow way, 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 way down. I had to bow down. Hmm. Well, Lanier, I want to yep. ask you this: um, What is one thing that you think people misperceive about who you really are? And the reason I ask that is because you know, once once you see somebody, you you kind of think you know who they are, and even from the style of comedy. But even when I met you. I respected you even more and had a love for you because I always tell people the way I can explain it is you're like that. Like somebody can have five aunties, but you'll be every niece's or nephew's favorite auntie because of your realness and your rawness of who you are off the stage. But what is one thing that you think people uh, misperceive about who you really are? I think... uh... People think that I'm funny all the time. And I am, but maybe not when I'm in Rite Aid buying some, you know, deodorant. Maybe I don't feel like motherfucking loudly kicking it there. Or if I'm out to dinner with my family, maybe I don't feel like taking a picture then, you know, Mm -hmm. or... Or, you know, I think that the one good thing about 
this uh, corona thing is that after this, there will be no running up and touching on celebrities. You just will not be mm. able to do that anymore. You know, I've had people sit down at my table, take the fork out my hand to take a selfie. Wait, I huh? Wait, 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 wait. Oh, yeah. They actually just snatched it out your hand, like take a picture with me? The disrespect. And you can say stuff like, as soon as I'm finished eating, I'll be glad to. And if they don't get it when they want it, they'll call you a bitch. Or wow. like if they see you going to the bathroom, don't stop me going to the bathroom, bitch. I'm not going in there to play a game. I'm going to the bathroom because I got to right. the fucking bathroom. Right. But I will come right. out, you know, so wait for me till I come out. And don't hang around up in there because maybe my stomach's upset. Maybe I'm about to blow this bitch up. And now you up in there <laughs> listening to me shit and fart and all that shit. It's annoying as fuck, you know. And mm-hmm. I don't owe you a, I don't owe you I don't owe you a kiss or a hug. And I'm a kiss and a hugger. And I've been doing yeah. that for yeah. so many years. But then I have allergies. And if your makeup or your perfume doesn't agree with me, you may have been as friendly and sweet as you want to. I might have hugged your grandma. And your grandma might have on that old goddamn motherfucking Jovan or Estee Lauder. Estee Lauder. Like <laughs> now when she leaves, now my eyes are swelling up and my lungs are swelling up and I'm itching and burning. Because I'm allergic. So I just, you know, we stopped doing some of the meet and greets after the shows. Like, I don't do any when we do the big theater shows, stuff like that, because we, we, we stopped doing them back when I was with Cat, because we go in the lobby, and if you got 3,500 people in the theater, down there 3,500 people want a picture. Now we're mm-hmm. there for two hours after the show, and they got to pay overtime for the security and all that, so we had to stop doing that. But, um, I will not be doing any more meet and greets. That's probably going to be out unless we just do it to where I'm at a table and you can't come behind there and do all that. Like, anything. just put yeah. your phone you know, maybe like that. But, but that's, uh, that's yeah, a safety that. factor, too. You know? Yeah, I'm surprised my cheek ain't fell off on the fucking ground. If you could kiss by 55 strangers in one night, what the fuck is sanitary about that? Nothing. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, that's true. You got a point. <laughs> that's true. But people don't understand that. And then a lot of times people feel they're entitled. You know, they see you. I, I went to all your shows. I, I seen all your, your movies. I seen you in this. I see you in that. And so they yeah, feel and then I, and then entitled. I can, I can say, and I can, I can say, well, name me some of the movies that you think. Well, I think, uh, I mean, I can't think of it right now. And how do you know you've seen them? You haven't seen everything. Nobody has seen every goddamn thing. And so right. what? <laughs> people shows because you wanted to come see them. Now, it's because I'm vulnerable. I bet you don't want to jump up on Kevin. I bet you uh, don't want to jump up on, 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 on uh, Anthony Anderson. It's shit like that. And you don't have no reason to jump the fuck up on me. But I understand it, though. They feel like I'm angry, and I say something yeah. that resonates with them, and they love mm-hmm. it's out of love, and I get that. But if you love mm-hmm. me, don't fucking touch me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> if you love me, yeah, that part. That part, yeah, that <laughs> part. Don't touch me. <laughs> but then you know, Look, people want to throw their my... kids. Yeah, I'm people want to throw their kids in your lap, and they want to throw their. I know you got it. But people want to throw their kids in your lap and 
then you feel bad about telling the kid to get the fuck out your face, and then mama want to come over and cut your asses. It's That's the worst fashion. thing to throw that snot nosed ass kid up in your face. Then the germ care. Yeah, now, now when I backhand that little snotty motherfucker, now you want to fight. That's just crazy how people just do stuff like that, like you're a robot or something. That's bananas. Well, I mean, it's like I said, it's out of love. It's out of love, you know. Hell, if I seen, uh, or when I seen Michael B. Jordan, you best believe I jumped up around his motherfucking neck and he could have called security or any goddamn body he wanted to, but I was up around that neck when I met Michael B. <laughs> Jordan. So I have lost it, too. You know, I'm, I'm guilty, too. I'm guilty of this shit, too. Right. Hey, ain't you? I was up around that neck. How'd he smell? I ain't Ooh. mad at you. That's what oh I want to know. How'd he what? smell? Smell good. Then he, he looks like he like, smelled good. He do smell good. When you're that rich, you better. You know. I know <laughs> that's the money to buy the cologne that you want. He smelled like a like a like a a mix between like Egyptian musk oil and Ooh, like um, some bond number nine layered on top. Oh, what? Mm, he's oh. layering. Watch out there now. He's layering. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> That's why I even do a bit in my, I've been, you know, I'm getting older and shit like that. And, you know, we be talk, I talk a lot about sex. I remember this episode, I think, uh, Oprah had on about vaginal dryness or something like that. Whoa. I mean, it ain't no such, there's no such thing, though. If you were a woman, bruh, if you're listening, if you were a woman and her pussy won't get wet, that is her pussy's kind way of saying, we really don't want to fuck you. That's, that's what it is. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, because you could, you could be Marla Gibbs, and if Michael B. Jordan came and started twisting on your nipples, believe me, you would get wet and slide out of the chair onto the goddamn floor. So before we let you get up out of here, tell us what you have, what projects you're working on, what you have coming up, and then make sure you let everyone know where they can follow you and see more into Lunel's world and what she has going on. Thank you so much. I'd be glad to. And I'm sorry if I talked long, you guys. I ate an edible about an hour ago, and that bitch kicked in about 35 minutes ago. And I, I mean, we got to do something during the quarantine, you know what I mean? When you doing an interview and all of a sudden your edible hit. Oh, that's man. when I heard the helicopters. That's when I started hearing helicopters and shit. Oh, well. When he no oh, helicopter. Um, you just hear it. They were there. They were there. They were there. Oh, okay, they were okay. Hilarious. Okay, first of all, um, I got an episode on the new season of The Last OG with Tracy Morgan, so you can look out for that. Yeah. Um, I have I have an episode of uh, a, a series that's on Netflix called Family Reunion with Loretta Devine and Richard Roundtree. I did that. That's in the can. I have a movie called Ball Busters with Jerry O'Connell, uh, and that's in the can. That's done. Um, I have, of course, Coming to America 2, The Quest, 
And I have another project that I'm not at liberty to talk about, but it's going to fuck you up. Like, you will not believe it. Ooh. And if we get off the air, and we, when we go off the air, I'll tell you what it is, though. Okay. Uh-oh. Okay. okay. Definitely want okay. that exclusive. And then, and then, as far as my, if you guys want to put the face to the voice, um, my Instagram is at Lunell. L-U-E-N-E-L-L. They can please tell me if you heard me on this show. That would be great. Um, my Facebook is the official Lunell. I just spelled my name. And if you don't know how to spell official, please don't come on my page because you're stupid. And <laughs> then <laughs> I have a YouTube channel called Hey Lunell, H-E-Y-L-U-E-N-E-L-L. Where you can go on and sub- if you go to my Instagram, the link is in the bio at the top. So you can just click the link and it'll take you over to Halo Now and you can subscribe. I go live every Wednesday at three o'clock California time. I think that might be six o'clock in Chicago, maybe. Six, uh, five. Uh, five. Okay. So um, at three o'clock California time tomorrow, I'll be doing my live show on YouTube. And, um, uh, if you go on there and you subscribe, if you go and click the link in my bio and subscribe now, you will be able to see the episode from last week. We'll definitely be discussing, you know, the quarantine situation. We'll definitely be discussing, um, you know, these projects and uh, food. And I usually have me a little quarantini while I'm sitting there talking to everybody. Hey, hey, quarantine. <laughs> yeah. hey. Hello, quarantini. I do meme of the day because some of this shit out here is funny. And uh, <laughs> then I, you know, I just, uh, I'm just being Lunell. You know, I don't, I'm not like, they're like, oh, you need to monetize. And then, okay, I, you know, maybe, you know, this is only episode number like three, two. And I'm not doing this for the money. Like I said, I do my shit for my heart. I'm doing it to say connected with my fan base and give them a little something they can feel, you know, because you know, two weeks off the grid and motherfuckers forget all about who the fuck you are. You better try to stay relevant and stay in Absolutely. people's face. So that's why I hope that you three will subscribe to my YouTube channel and check me out. Absolutely. I subscribed already. We're definitely. Yeah, definitely. Hey. That's Definitely. not too much to ask me sitting up here and running my mouth for a goddamn hour. Oh, we already, we already <laughs> on, your, on your page, guaranteed. Hey. And don't forget, if you want to follow us, you can always follow us on Finesse Media, LLC. That's on Facebook. That's F-I-N-E-S-S-E-M-E-D-I-A, then LLC, as well as on Instagram, Finesse Media, and we thank you so much for joining us. Go ahead and stay on the call. Thank you, Rashida, for definitely joining us today as our co-host. We appreciate you. Lunell, hey. we love you. Thank you so much for your time. You are one of my favorite comedians. So when I got the email that said you were coming on the show, I was like, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Well, I I appreciate you giving me this time to talk to you guys, and I hope I didn't disappoint or anything like that. I hope that your fans enjoyed the interview, and I hope I I spit a little game and all that kind of stuff. 
Absolutely. <laughs> you drop some jewels, let us know some funny stuff that's going on, as well as what to look out for you. And everybody make sure that you check her out. Follow her, follow her YouTube. Go on and be nosy. Get into her life and see what she has going on. Once again, yeah, this come is on, fun. <laughs> All right, well, hang on the line before you hang up. I just want to thank all the listeners for listening to Finesse Media Podcast. Don't forget to follow us, Finesse Media Podcast, on Instagram as well as Facebook, Finesse Media LLC. This is Teresa Millionaire, and once again, we're going to keep you locked in, huh? And keep you official like a referee with a whistle. Peace. Hey. Thank you for listening to another episode of Finesse Media Podcast. Make sure that you hit the follow or subscribe button to be notified when new episodes are released. Also, make sure that you are following us on all of our social media pages. Instagram, we are at Finesse Media. Twitter, check us out at underscore Finesse Media. And on Facebook, Finesse Media LLC. See you next week with something brand new.